Hey, I'm Kevin Kaufman. I'm joined with Fred Weaver. We are your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast. Where five days a week you can get great real estate content. On Mondays, Kevin interviews a top rock star in the real estate space. Every Tuesday, we bring you industry headlines where we look back on the last seven days of news in real estate. Wednesdays and Fridays is iMinute where we talk about iBuyers in the real estate space. And Thursday, we bring you a weekly business tip. So listen to us anywhere podcasts can be listened to. You can watch most of these podcasts video form on YouTube and tune in five days a week. And make sure you connect with us on Facebook as well as visit kevinandfred.com and you can check out our referral guarantee, right, Kevin? kevinandfred.com forward slash guarantee. We'd love to receive your real estate referrals here in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk with you soon. NLA Live 2020 is around the corner. NLA Live 2020 will be held in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Talking Stick Resort. Is it a beautiful hotel and casino? And we have an incredible lineup of speakers that we'll be announcing here shortly. You can find out more information and get the very best deal on pricing by visiting nextlevelagents.com and clicking on our events page. We look forward to seeing you there. Again, nextlevelagents.com and click on the event page. Hey, what is going on there, guys? I'm so excited about today's podcast. Um, today, my guest is a gentleman by the name of Glenn Sanford. Now, some of you might know Glenn, know who he is. He is the founder of EXP Realty. And while I pretty much never talk about it on the show, that is the company I'm an agent at. And so I'm, I'm going to talk about that a little bit on, on today's show with Glenn um, because of our relationship and be, because he is the founder of the company that I'm at, um, you know, certainly Glenn has a, an amazing story to go from being a brand new agent, uh, in the business to building a big team pretty quickly and then building his own brokerage and over the last 10 plus years turned it into, I think it's the, the fourth or third or fourth largest, uh, brokerage in the United States. So, Imagine the lessons he's learned along the way, uh, 25,000 agents in the EXP organization as of the recording of this podcast. So I think you're going to like it. Glenn's a super nice guy, super humble, very smart, and very giving. So I hope you enjoy this episode nearly as much as I did recording it. Hey, Next Level Agent Podcast listeners, we are back, and today I am joined uh, this is a special one because I'm joined by Glenn Sanford. And uh, Glenn, how are you doing today? Awesome, Kevin. Uh, yeah, getting uh, getting over Turkey Day a little bit and uh, ready to get back at it. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to have this. For most listeners, I'm sure know this, Glenn is the founder uh, of EXP Realty. And while I don't talk about it a lot on the podcast, that is the brokerage that my business partner and I run our real estate sales business with. And uh, we've been in business with Glenn and the rest of EXP now for uh, just over a year and a half and obviously love it here. Uh, but one of the things I love most about this company really is Glenn, you personally, and kind of your vision and, and the way you've, you sort of shape things. So I've been excited about doing this interview uh, for a while. So I'm so glad we got together today to be able to do this. Oh, no, this is my pleasure. Well, t- tell us, why don't we start with a little bit of your background, Glenn, for, for the few people that haven't seen you on stage at Inman every year for the past, you know, six or seven years now, it seems like uh, you've been a regular there and get a lot of uh, coverage because of the cool things our company is doing in the space. Tell us about, you know, who's Glenn Sanford? I mean, how long have you been in, in the real estate industry? And I think it's important. what did you do before that as well? Sure. Yeah. So I, um, I guess, uh, technically... Um, well, yeah, I got my real estate license back in 2002. So I actually joined on a team. And um, uh, prior to that, actually in 90, I think it was 97 or 98, I actually had a bunch of real estate do- specific domain names. And I actually tried to market it to a local real estate brokerage here locally. And uh, I actually got my license back then, but just just because they were uh, trying to figure out how to uh, you know, leverage me at that time, but I wasn't serious about real estate. But uh, in 2002, I got into real estate, uh, uh, ran a local uh, website called birchbay.net. It was uh, for the local community. Uh, We had 5,000 people that lived in Birch Bay during the year, about 10,000 during the summer. So it wasn't a big community, 
but uh, the biggest realtor in the area actually uh, brought me on to his team to, to manage stuff, generate leads for him locally. And, and uh, so that's what I did. So I, I did that for a couple of years on his team, um, actually started to generate leads for actually a few different agents in other markets uh, because I was a big SEO lead gen guy. And, um, and so I ended up moving over to uh, KW back in uh, 2004 and then uh, was there through 2007. And uh, so built a good sized team, actually ended up, I think, uh, top 50 nationally with, uh, with Keller, which was in 2006, which was pretty cool. Fourth year in the business um, being, being at that level. And, uh, and then went independent, started my own, own real estate firm, Fire Tours Realty in 2007, and then uh, uh, had a great 2007, 2008. We were on track to do about 100 million in production as a team, and then uh, and then the market turned on us, as uh, many of us remember that we're back in the business then. And uh, and, and then I get 2008, late 2008, 2009. We literally went to sort of the minimum cost to run a brokerage to stay in business, getting rid of all the offices and scaling back the staff and trying to figure out what we were going to do going forward. So prior to that, I'd been um, involved in a few different uh, internet startups, companies, uh, mainly companies I'd started. A company called Interactive Cafe was an, uh, uh, and stolen the domain name, iCafe.com, was the largest um, um, online service in Western Canada that I founded back in about 94, 95. Um, in 1999, I, mean, I founded a company called eShippers.com, which was an outsourced e-commerce logistics company. And we, uh, we actually had uh, 217 warehouses through United Landlines and Mayflower Transit to do pick and pack fulfillment. Um, we were partnered with another company called Card Service International, which was the largest privately held credit card clearing company with about 1,700 reps to actually go sell these services. And uh, we actually... Uh, we raised uh, raised a, a bit of money, um, but uh, unfortunately didn't raise enough going into the dot com collapse. So, uh, um, and uh, had we got enough funding, I probably wouldn't be in residential real estate because, as we know, e commerce and logistics has actually been a pretty good gig for a few companies out there. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I gotta say, yeah, selfishly, I'm kind of glad that didn't work out for you, man. Because um, what I love about what you've done is created something that is first of all i think it's it's much needed in our industry like you but in so forward thinking and it's just something i'm personally very grateful for um the model the model that you've created i i guess you know the thing that i think about glenn when i think about you uh you and i have a mutual friend and, and i won't name them but they, they they got us on the phone together just i don't know not quite two years ago but got you and i on the phone together and I remember talking, um, talking to you and a couple minutes in, it must've been about five or 10 minutes in. I said to myself, like, gosh, I feel like this guy understands me and my problems that I have as a real estate agent who, you know, we're, now granted, we're not your typical real estate agent team. We're operating in multiple cities and multiple states. And we've got a lot of agents. Almost we look like a brokerage inside of a brokerage, right? We've kind of got those types of I'll call them problems or opportunities. Right. And the thing that stuck out to me in that phone call with you, and to, this was the thing that got me is I went, I feel like Glenn has already either thought of the solution to that problem or is currently thinking of how to solve that problem without me ever even telling you those were my problems. And that was the first time I could remember in my, at that time, 10 and a half, almost 11 year real estate career. It was the first time I ever felt like somebody really understood those types of problems I was having as a business owner. Um, and so I look at that and I go, okay, you created this thing called EXP Realty. Now, you know, just passed over the 10 year anniversary mark earlier, uh, you know, within the last five, six months. And it's a lot of people feel like this is a brand new company in the last two or three years because of the, that exponential hockey stick growth you've had. Yep. But indeed you started it, you launched in 2009. What, where did the idea for this, you mentioned kind of the, the crash, right? Needing to be able to do this with, minimum cost monthly like where did the idea for exp realty come from and what were those early days like yeah so um there's a few different few different pieces that all came together um uh, you know thinking about the fact that uh it was uh 
2009, so, so 10 years ago. Um, I, at the time, I was 42, um, and, uh, uh, and, and I'd done enough different things that I sort of learned what, what worked and what didn't work. And a lot of companies, as, as, as you know, are about short-term profit maximization, but the, the, the companies that actually grow large actually are about really deferring um, the, the net income of an enterprise for as long as possible. It's, you know, and you can look at, you know, a lot of technology startups, especially, I mean, um, you know, Google gave away G Suite for how many years? Now, how many people basically are addicted to G Suite and are <laughs> paying them big money for it and all the plugins and everything else? And uh, so there was, there was some formative stuff about, you know, running low cost in a, using a technology stack, even though we didn't really refer to it as that point, but just recognizing that we had, you know, I, I like to say that this, this is really what revolutionized everything. It's, uh, you know, when the, when the first iPhone came out and um, right thereabouts, we had 3G. And so we finally had high speed internet that was mobile. We didn't actually have to go to the office to, to attach ourselves to the T1 that was coming into the office. And, uh, and so there was, a, there was a few things that happened. And, and I just, I'd recognized, um, you know, literally probably since I was like 14, 13, 14, 15 years old, I was always a business guy in my head. And I started to just recognize that if you saw where a trend was going, um, instead of waiting for the trend, you should start building into that trend early. And, and so that was something that um, in, at you know, 42 years old, um, started to recognize where the trends were. We, we were talking about paperless. We were talking about uh, being, um, agents being entirely, entirely mobile and not needing to go to an office. And we were talking, like the industry was talking about that stuff. Everybody was talking about, but nobody was actually doing it. And uh, for us, we, when we, we looked at it in 2009, we said, we need to build that model now. And, and because eventually things are going to go this way, you know, some, some version of either bricks and mortar light or technology only um, brokerage, you're going to plug in. Um, that's where it's going. High speed internet again, and finally got to a point where it's finally usable. So, so that really was kind of the backdrop. And then the second part of it was assuming we could get uh, cobbled together. And I use cobbled together um, sort of as a, as a kind of a accurate term at the time we, we, we cobbled together, of the right tools that we could afford at that point in time. The second part was, what would it take for me to want to step away from 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 my physical bricks and mortar office? And and so you know, so we started to look at you know some different different things that we would need to do. Uh, one, we did the better better cap and split model. Uh, we needed to 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 basically um, provide a lot of services via the web. Um, and uh, the virtual office was a component of building collaboration and community. So we wanted to figure out a way to do that. And then, um, and then the last piece was, uh, you know, given that we both had a history at Keller, um, you know, I loved the, the Keller model and the way that they approached their, their profit share, their seven level profit share system. Um, and, um, you know, unfortunately, it what didn't work as well for me as it has worked for others. I mean, I know some people that do really well and are still at Keller and, and, uh, and, and uh, so it's worked well. But for me, it didn't work as well. And so uh, we decided we need to put sort of a revenue sharing component. But we just those are some of the things. The other piece, I think you were alluding to this earlier, is I was an early, probably one of the first people to truly do expansion teams before there ever was a term called expansion teams. Um, so in 2004, uh, when I actually started my first team, by 2005, I already started my second team in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I started a, a team in Portland, Oregon, probably right there, uh, maybe a year later. Uh, I actually had launched a website um, for, and you'll know this person down there in Arizona, I would actually built a site for Mike Mendoza. Oh, yeah. he, he was actually a, 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 the regional owner up in the Pacific Northwest. So he and I chatted. And so I built a, uh, built a site down there and generated about 500 leads and uh, on that site and got um, zero closings out of it. So, um, so I had to fire Mike 
Um, so Mike, if you're watching this, <laughs> sorry about that, dude. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, uh, um, so, and, and so we ran an ad on, on, on Craigslist, uh, looking for somebody. That's actually how I hooked up with Brian Colhane. He actually was the guy who actually built the team out there in Arizona, but I actually built out, um, six teams, uh, at the, at the peak, we were running, uh, Bellingham, Seattle, Portland, Las Vegas, Phoenix, um, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, and then we were incubating some uh, two or three smaller teams um, as we were going into the crash, and then we sort of consolidated and and got rid of a, a few of the team, the less performing teams, and just sort of started from scratch. But I was dealing with issues, dealing with uh, having to deal with different market centers and trying to get paid, and if agents didn't want to pay on the leads that were generated, I mean, a bunch of stuff I'm sure you've dealt with over the years, and. Uh, we figured, you know, if we could just build one brokerage um, that had, you know, and basically build up the entire infrastructure, then all of those problems start to go away. Um, and, uh, and, and so that's, that was the other part was, what do I need to do to sort of continue to scale a team if I kept it going? What would be the infrastructure? Uh, awesome. Um, you know, the, the thing I, the thing I, I always talk about or, or think about is, you know, a lot of people, look at in myself including even to this day as much as I love love the functionality of it look at exp world right our online campus uh the the virtual campus as it's kind of weird right um Mm -hmm. and what I love this is this is one of the things Glenn I, I truly appreciate about you is here we are it's it's we're recording this it's the first week in December of 2019 um it's it's now accepted, right? It's this virtual thing is now really becoming to get accepted, but it still feels weird to most of us, uh, right. to, to most of the world. <laughs> but 10 years ago, you were like, Hey, let's go make this virtual real estate brokerage. And that's truthfully one of the things that I appreciate about you is, you know, number one is, did, I guess what I'm saying is, did you see this actually becoming a, a virtual reality play or was it just, I know it was obviously mobile first needed to be the play that you were leaning into in that trend, but was vir- was the virtual piece something you were leaning into from the get-go as well? Yeah, so um, I, I think fundamentally the reason why, um, and there are some companies that don't have offices that have tried to 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 build their brokerage, but their brokerages um, have uh, haven't grown uh, that significantly. Now uh, you could look at. Um, single markets like Phoenix metro area, HomeSmart's done really well with a low cost model, um, but they've had trouble expanding much outside of, of the Phoenix metro area. That's still, you know, probably 80% of their business comes from from that one single market and they got a bunch of small little satellites. And and Matt Widows, of course, was there and he was, the, so it had leadership there. And so one of, the, one of the concepts that I was trying to play with back in 2009 was how do you distribute leadership? And I'd learned a lesson um, uh, around, uh, I, I lived in Bellingham, Washington, basically. And, and then, uh, I love to go to Arizona. And, and so those are, so those two teams did the best of all the teams because I traveled there, even Seattle, I didn't go to very often, even though it was only an hour and a half away, but I go to Phoenix and I, and I, and, I, and so I'd spend time with the team there. And so I learned this concept that in order to scale a, uh, an enterprise, uh, that's geographically dispersed, you have to figure out a way to be truly engaged, you know, all the time. And uh, we, you know, we were using Yahoo Instant Messenger, and we were using, you know, we did Facebook private groups and those types of things. But we needed a place that we call our office. And we needed a place where people could find me and have water cooler conversations and vice versa. And that was the thing we were trying to solve for. And so we were, we were going, how do we, how do we make sure that our Agents don't feel like orphans inside the organization because just imagine if you were dealing with EXP and, and your interface with EXP was simply a web page. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. And, 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 and so, um, and, and, but that's how most, we call it virtual brokerages operate. Their brokerage is simply a web page. Maybe they got a, 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 a private intranet of, of, of conversations, but there's nothing that's truly, um, engages all the senses. And, and that's what a virtual world in my, in my view uh, represent. Keep in mind, I, I had a little bit of experience. Um, I had worked for AOL at one point. I built the largest online service in Western Canada called Interactive Cafe. Uh, I, 
I had a pretty good understanding of the limitations of social networks, even before social networks existed. And, and, and this really provided that, that, that sense of place. The other, the other thing that was really critical was uh, I didn't actually take phone calls. So if people wanted to visit with me, they wanted to see the EXP Explained presentation. I was doing them all the time. They'd actually come in world. And so somebody had to actually sit down with somebody and say, hey, you got to check out this EXP thing. And they gave them a little bit of a high level overview. And then if people were willing to sort of uh, go through the exercise of downloading the, the, the software, installing it on their computer, troubleshooting whatever they needed to troubleshoot to come in, if they came in, they're in. Like, yeah. like they're, it's, it was like the best um, uh, filtering mechanism to actually talk to people who are actually interested in being here. Um, and so I didn't really do a lot of bad pitches because they'd already done the heavy lifting. And then if they'd done the heavy lifting, then they got the aha moments going, this is so cool. I can't believe nobody else is doing this. But if I would have had a phone call with them, they would never have come in and they would never have had that experience. Yeah. You know, I'd never thought about that. That's a, that's a really, really good way to look at that. And uh, just even as you were starting to explain that, I was seeing like, oh my gosh, yeah, you've, they've now gone through all the different levels or layers of a funnel that you could go through and they've gotten rid of their own. Like if they get that far, they're, they're, they're pretty much 95% of the way there. They, they get the, the power of what you're about to show them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's fun too. I mean, it's a different, something they're not going to, to do every day. Um, and, and certainly not in their real life unless they're playing Fortnite. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so they're, they're going to come in, they're going to have this, this different experience, but the other part, I'd been involved with Second Life um, back in 2007, 2006, 2007, 2008. And the challenge that I saw with Second Life was that you didn't have a commonality with the people that you're going running, running into. So you're, you're walking through Second Life and you don't want to start talking to quote unquote strangers in, in Second Life. And that's the reason why I don't think it ever took off is because it didn't have a, a core theme other than it just being a place to be social and and they tried to create themes but they didn't have enough density or did, didn't get up to enough population and be able to sort of push people to the right spaces to actually feel like they belong uh with exp everybody belongs the moment that they come in because they're all in residential real estate they're dealing with exactly the same issues of listing and 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 working with buyers and negotiations and all of that so it's a so so narrowly casting the net for a virtual world actually is probably one of the reasons why it's worked for us and it hasn't worked for the quote unquote social networks. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. I had never, I had not thought about that, but you're right. I mean, we instantly, you know, we've got a connection to every single person that happens to be in, in, in world that day. Right. So I log into the XP world and everybody there is either also a licensed real estate agent and, or a, an employee of uh, EXP Realty. You know, and in often cases, both, which gives us this uh, context uh, right away, right off the bat. So it doesn't matter if there's, you know, 10 of our agents in there or 25,000 or, you know, I don't know what the capacity has ever been at one time. But as an example, um, we've all got this, we've got this connection to each other that does make for a, for a context that's easy for everybody to understand and relate to. Yep. Yeah. And, and it, it is, it does glue together because it doesn't matter whether you're talking to, you know, some of the agents that are now joining us in the UK or Australia, you talk to, to them, you already have a common uh, language, a common occupation. Um, when you ask about the, the housing market, you actually sort of understand what they're talking about. So all of a sudden, you're, you feel like a kindred spirit, no matter where you're at in EXP world. That's so cool. So, so tell me, so, okay, so there's some other unique things about EXP. And, and obviously, um, one of those things is uh, the fact that we're a publicly traded company, which um, uh, I totally respect because you, because it's a publicly traded company. Um, I, I'm definitely not going to ask you to say anything that that we that we can't. But I guess what I'm wondering is, okay, so you built this. What, at what point did you decide, hey, we should we should have we should have a publicly traded company, real estate company? So it's one thing not to franchise uh, and to have one brand across the U.S., but where was the idea, I guess, to, to go public and to make this available, not, you know, to, to the real estate agents who are members of this company? 
Yeah, so um, one of the things that uh, I wanted to do uh, back in 2008, 2000, yeah, 2008, I went, actually met Randall Miles, who I think you may have met him. He's on our board. So I met him. He actually liked the, the previous iteration of what we were doing in real estate buyer tours realty. And he, he was actually wanting to actually put money into to the previous company. He was a, he's been an investment banker and he was in Seattle at the time. And actually his business partner at the time bought a home through one of our agents. And so we had a really unique business model. But um, uh, I, so I visited with him a few times, but I really, the thing I wanted to figure out was how to get shares in the hands of agents. And um, the big challenge for private companies, especially at that time, since then there's been the Jobs Act and there's a couple other things that, that have happened that make it easier. But at that point in time, um, you, could, you couldn't have more than uh, 33 non-accredited shareholders in a, in a private company, and, and, uh, which basically means you make uh, over 250000 a year or you have a net worth of over a million dollars, not including your home. So it's a pretty finite set of people and, and real estate agents, um, you know, most of them don't make that type of income and don't have that kind of net worth. So it doesn't really provide a vehicle for, for ownership. So we wanted to figure out how do we get a vehicle for ownership. So we, we actually talked around a number of different scenarios and the only one that really solves it is being a public company. So in, in uh, 2013, we were finally to the point of size, which is only we were about 300 agents or so, which doesn't sound like much now, but at the time that was a big deal. Um, and but we were finally to a size where we could start to actually um, bring the two together, bring a public company vehicle together with with EXP, and we actually bought the public company. So instead of the public company buying us or us going public, we bought a public company that already existed. Um, so we could actually share equity with our agents and brokers. And part of this came about two reasons. One, we had, had the original idea back in 2008-2009. But in 2012, um, I had an opportunity uh, in probably the fall of 2012 to go to a T. Harv Eker Millionaire Mind Intensive event. And, uh, and it was a great event. And if, you, if you've never been, I, I certainly wouldn't, uh, wouldn't discourage anybody from going. But about halfway through the event, I was, I just had this aha moment that I wasn't thinking big enough. Uh, and I wasn't thinking big enough for our existing agent base, not for me personally, but uh, I wasn't thinking big enough for them uh, in terms of what the ambition was for the organization. And so that was the point, point in time where we said, hey, we really need to start finding, looking for a public vehicle. So it was really uh, late 2012, early 2013, and by mid 2013, we'd finally found the vehicle. We had got it cleaned up, and and then we actually did the the merge in in October. But it was really this idea that um, if agents wanted to get to a point from a, from a revenue sharing component, because that's a big part of why why agents join us, we needed to provide them as many tools as possible to help us grow the company together. And equity ownership just made a ton of sense. And uh, and since then you know, the company's grown substantially um, since we introduced those, uh, those ownership initiatives. So it was to help give agents a tool um, to, to go out there and, and help grow the brokerage. So, you know, you, you, you just, I wasn't planning to ask this question, but you just um, kind of made me think of something. So, so here you are, you know, go back 15 years, uh, you know, probably, or at least prior to, to starting EXP Realty. And, you know, you're, you're running a team or even prior to that, you're running the one team and then you start generating leads and, and now you find yourself in two markets and three markets. And here we are today. You're the, you're the founder of one of the largest real estate companies in the world. Um, and it's grow, obviously the growth of EXP Realty has happened in a major way. You just mentioned like, you know, 300 agents or so didn't seem like much, but you have this realization of that is a lot of people. And I'm going to start thinking bigger. Here we are today. You know, I don't know what the official number is, but my hunch is it's around 25,000 people, uh, 25,000 agents or so. Being the leader and, and the founder of that is significantly different than the guy that started a real estate company or a real estate team, you know, how, however many years ago. How has that changed you as a person? And what, what are the things that you've really, I guess, had to work on or had to take on with yourself to be able to become that person who then leads this big of a, this big of a company? 
Yeah, uh, well, great, great question. Um, you know, one is nobody knows that they're in any different position than they are at any given moment. So like, like, meaning that, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, in my home office, um, you know, talking to you. And life doesn't actually seem that much different than in 2008 for me as a person. You know, the opportunities are so this continuum. You are wherever you're at on the continuum, but the continuum goes infinite number distance this way, and it goes an infinite distance this way. It just happens that this is where I'm at. And and so I've always just thought about sort of business and 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 life as basically being on this on this relative continuum. And I've always been a business guy. Like that's always been my mo. Um, and I've always been a student. I, you know, I read tons of books. I try to implement as, as much as possible what I'm, what I'm learning. I'm, I've never really had a formal coach, but I've had uh, some, some great mentors over the years. Um, and uh, and I've always, uh, always been just experimenting with the business. The big difference or contrast between today and um, five years ago. Uh, so five years ago, I've been 2014. Um, is that, uh, you know, five years ago, I was much more involved in the day-to-day of the business. And, uh, and, and, and we were just going into that, that sort of liftoff in 2015. And then I, was, I made the crazy decision to go on the road to motor coach and while we were starting to hit that sort of growth momentum. And then trying to keep the wheels on the wagon while traveling—that was that was fun. Of course, <laughs> I bet. Of course, Jason Jason Guessing has been with with uh, with EXP almost since the beginning. Gabe LeBeau has been here for a long time. We've got a lot of people that have been around that were keeping things moving. But with that that rapid growth rate, um, it was a uh, it was an all day every day um, pretty stressful time. Um, now that we've actually built a really talented team, um, I've I'm actually able to uh, think a little bit more strategic and think a little bit more long-term and think about, you know, what other businesses might we get into? Uh, where, what does this mean at scale? Where, where, how do we sort of leverage this for, for, for our agents? And then what, 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 how can we leverage this as a, as, as a company? What other verticals potentially could we get into? So we're starting to get to the point where we're able to start to have those conversations. And, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that, uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this, but you talk about, um, you mentioned Jason Guessing's name and a, and a few other people's names, and you you really added some amazingly talented people to this company, and it's easy to see why you're able to to do some more of that high-level thinking and really have that chairman position, if you will, truth, truthfully, as opposed to just being the operator that you probably, I'm sure you wore that hat for quite a while as the operator of the business as well. Um, you know, so, ha- you know, hats off to you if I had one right now, uh, from that, from that standpoint, cause you, you definitely, I will say from you as somebody who is, um, an agent and, and customer, I guess, almost, if you will, as the company interacting with some of these members of leadership has been really pleasant and really well received, if you will, um, knowing that it's truthfully, I don't just own some shares of the company as an agent and all of us have that opportunity truthfully feel like my voice and my opinion matters. And I know the other agents in this company feel the same way because they tell me all the time. Um, so I, I can see how that has brought that, that new sort of ability to you to, to be able to think and truly act as the, as a chairman and not always be in operator mode. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, you know, we certainly built out, especially the last, uh, well, last year and a half, um, there's been, you know, some real key people um, that have joined us, you know, Stacey Onan, uh, Jeff Whiteside. Uh, we just brought on RJ Jones, who's got huge pedigree that just joined us um, here um, uh, just at uh, around uh, EXPCon. So, um, and uh, he, um, what a pedigree, John Tobison that just recently joined us, Seth uh, Siegler. I mean, we just, we have so many great people that have been joining us that actually um, one are really talented people, but are also uh, continue to be innovative. Um, and uh, one of the things that I've uh, started to recognize that sometimes having really smart people that were, that are really smart in a very narrow domain is, is not as good as having a really smart person who's, who's more a generalist. 
because a generalist will allow more innovation to take place because they don't know. And, and so that's one of the things that's been kind of cool is, just, is having a few more uh, generalists um, uh, around as well because they're willing to sort of experiment and throw things against the wall a little bit and see what happens, which is more that that's more the entrepreneurial uh, persona. Yeah. Well, and you know, th that's what this company really feels like is it's, uh, it's a company of entrepreneurs who are, who are building something like you said, and there's, there's this vision, right? Um, but there's, it's very, it's moldable, like it's moldable along the way. One of our core values being agility. And that's one of the things I feel like is, it's very tactile as a, as an agent in this company uh, that you can feel is the agility of the company to be able to do things um, everything from the things you just mentioned, maybe getting into different verticals and just the way the company has progressed and changed. Um, you mentioned the word scale earlier, uh, just a few moments ago. Like how, in your eyes, like how big can this scale? Pretty big. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're, 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 you know, if you think about 25,000 agents approximately, um, and, uh, and there's 1.2 million realtors in, in the U S approximately. Um, there's another hundred thousand in Canada. There's a, uh, there's another, um, you know, worldwide, there could be 20 million licensed real estate professionals or some sort of real estate professionals around the world. Um, then 25,000 is a pretty small pebble. Yeah. And uh, if we get to, you know, right now we're close to 2% of the U.S. Uh, realtor population, which is pretty cool, 2% of a really big business industry. Um, but uh, you go, you start to look at com companies like Keller, you know, they're over 10%, you know, they're probably 12% or so. And, and uh, uh, so the potential of EXP, especially if we just continue to iterate around uh, the, the model and just keep on making sure that we've got the right ingredients and that uh, then, then I think we've got the potential eventually in, you know, 10 years, who knows, we could have two, three, 400,000 agents worldwide. I don't see any reason why not. I mean, we've, we've talked about a number of times about hundred thousand agents and uh, if you just take, take where we're at right now and, you grow by 50% year over year for the next, uh, you know, three to four years, you're pretty, pretty much given you're going to be over a hundred thousand agents. Um, and uh, so the, the one thing I will say is that uh, as you know, you're, you're involved with the XP. There's still a lot of stuff that's messy, like the, right. Yeah. And, and, and um, I think one of the things is being agile means that every lots of stuff that other people might have as this is what we're doing. Um, for us, it's always in beta. There is no, there is no done. And as long as we keep on approaching it as there is no done, then, um, uh, then we can keep, we can continue to iterate. We can continue to be flexible. We can adapt. We can do like Netflix going from mailing DVDs to actually streaming video. Um, we can, we can sort of think about the idea of, you know, of whether you think about, you know, stuff that other technology companies have done, I th we, we can continue to actually make meaningful changes to, to where we're going. I, I really believe that in the next three to four years, um, agents won't have a traditional computer anymore in, in, for their primary device. It'll be either a, either their their iPad or their or and I think some agents will literally be doing their business entirely from their phone if they're not already doing it meaning that they look up their MLS info they they put together their contracts they do everything without ever you know using any other device than their 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 than their phone which truly means that this thing is so mobile over time um, and and then with who knows with AI and 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 some of the other stuff that we've got coming down the the pipe, you know, what's that going to, to play out relative to um, an agent's life, a consumer's life? Um, and, and how does that all interact? We have to be, we have to be ready uh, to be able to, to embrace some of those things as we continue to grow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good. When I think about the opportunity to be in, uh, being really fully or hundred percent mobile or as close as possible. Yeah. I, I would agree. We're, we're actually, as far as it's come, we're actually not even there yet. And, um, the possibilities that that opens up is just so big. 
you know, something I noticed uh, because Facebook has this great way of reminding us of what happened a year ago, you know, on this date, a year right. ago and two years ago was, uh, was a year ago last week, uh, we closed on the purchase of Verbella. Um, and so what, what did that, first of all, can you give for the, for the few listeners maybe who don't understand what Verbella is, can you give us a quick overview and what, what does that purchase meant to you and to us as a company? Yeah, so Verbella um, is uh, basically our virtual world is powered, uh, EXP world is powered on the Verbella platform. And uh, Verbella is a talented team of, of engineers and developers and um, that grew out of the University of California, San Diego, UCSD. Um, they actually were doing it for distance learning for uh, the university setting, uh, leadership uh, education, and uh, they were using uh, a very modern gaming tool set. Um, and, uh, and so they built this. But for us, we had been, we'd been using Verbella for probably two years or so as their single largest customer. So we're the largest customer of Verbella. Um, and we also recognized that um, they needed a little bit more investment than they were than, than to, to beef out a lot of the stuff that they were doing. But being a customer really didn't give us the ability to truly help them uh, continue to, 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 to make some of the investments that they needed to do. Uh, the other part, of course, was uh, that it's such an enabling technology for us um, that we didn't want to somehow lose the technology to a, uh, uh, to a competitor. Um, in fact, we heard one of those competitors in January claim that he would bid the price up, which didn't actually truly happen. But, um, <laughs> but that was that was uh, his his sort of spin. Um, but uh, but we we didn't want to you know find you know a competitor buying it and shutting it down, and then us having to try to find a new home because there aren't a lot of really big platforms for this. We can think about companies like or, or games like Fortnite and. Um, you know, there's, there's a ton of multiplayer video games, but not built for the work setting and, and being able to support, I mean, some of the stats on this thing is pretty, pretty amazing. We've had over 700, almost 800 people in one auditorium at one time in a live meeting with multiple people talking and conversing amongst each other. The next leading platform that's out there uh, I think they were bragging about doing about 130, 140 people. And, 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 and when we told them how many people they, they thought we were blowing smoke, but you know, <laughs> it was a Texas state compliance meeting in the auditorium. And this was probably six months ago or so. And uh, um, so they, they got that many people to attend. And now we can have more than that actually could attend our leadership meetings on Friday if they, if they chose to. Um, but, uh, uh, but that's pretty cool. It's also fully, I'm really excited about it too, because it's a fully VR ready platform. So if we do see, and, and I've been playing with my Oculus Quest, um, but I can see that in, in the not too distant future, we're going to have some sort of flip down visor and we're going to be able to have, um, you know, virtual computer screens on walls, kind of like what their, with the Microsoft HoloLens has done. But then, um, you know, and then be able to go into a virtual setting if we choose to. Now, it's not really that practical for what we're doing. But if you think about sort of the future of where things are going, and if you've ever put on a fully immersive headset, uh, it does fully immerse you. You feel like you're there. You forget you're in, you know, your, your home or your office, and you're now engaged at a, at a totally different level yet again. So I'm... I, I'm just, I'm super stoked that we are uh, where the future of work is right now. Uh, we've got to, uh, we, we've continued to expand the team. And uh, I think we're going to see some, some big potential customers um, start to use it in a similar way that eXp does um, outside of the real estate space, because obviously we're not going to <laughs> allow our competitors to use it. That's good. That's good. I'd like to keep it that way. Um, well, that's awesome. You know, speaking of the future, and I know we got to wrap up here because we're, we're coming up on time. Um, what do you see, you know, maybe in the next, call it 24 to 36 months, um, as things start to change in our industry, because technology has become such a bigger piece of what happens today in, in the real estate industry, I think because it finally has caught on and we've been so far behind as an industry. 
um, that now we're, we're starting to see this, everything from the, what we're doing at our company with, you know, whether it be the VR stuff and just having the cloud campuses to, um, to whether it be the Zillow's and open doors of the world's and, um, just all these different startups that we're reading about a different type of startup every day, you know, um, in the, in the news headlines, what do you see is, is there any like really, whether it be a big threat that we need to work, quote unquote, worry about plan for strategize around over the next couple of years and, or, um, what should we maybe be focused on over the next couple of years as, as an industry? Well, the, the industry is always changing and there's, a, you know, the, the reality is that there's, and, but it, doesn't change as fast as we, um, as, as sometimes we get scared that the industry is going to change like really fast. So in 2004, 2005, uh, I remember that was the point in time. I literally remember, um, uh, I think uh, Keller was like one of the first companies to actually give their uh, listing data to Trulia. And I, I called Brian Ellington, uh, who was there at the time. I said, Brian, you do know that you just slit the throat of every real estate agent in America. And uh, so that was back in 2005 or 2004. I can't remember the exact year. But, uh, um, but that, was, you know, that was the beginning of the portal. That was the beginning of, of having the, the web-based competitor compete against the real estate agent. And, and I was a bit panicked at the time that it was going to change everything. Um, and, and it has changed everything, but it's changed it fairly slowly. Uh, meaning that if you were an ambitious, um, resourceful agent, you, you probably didn't even notice it was taking place. If you were an agent who was coasting on their laurels of, of, of how you were doing the business, you know, Zillow is starting to take a little bit of your, your market share and taking a little bit of your market share. And eventually you go, man, I, this real estate thing is a pretty tough gig and I need to leave the business. So, so the, I think we're kind of in a similar scenario with, uh, with, with the next thing, which is I buy. I think we're at this point where it's obviously panicking a number of people that, you know, open door Zillow offers, Redfin now um, are going to basically eat the lunch of real estate agents. I'm not super concerned. You're, if you're a resourceful, uh, ambitious agent, whether you're embracing I buying or not, um, you're going to, you're going to grow your business because there's a lot, there's lots of different ways to do this. There's 5.5 million homes that sell each year, maybe a little bit more. It's, you know, multi trillions of dollars as we're talking about huge, huge dollars. So it doesn't take a lot of, 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 uh, of ambition and resourcefulness to continue to grow a business. Uh, I think one challenge I see agents maybe is they're they little light on their own personal innovations meaning that they're sort of just taking whatever the coach that's been coaching um, uh, for the last 10 years, and they're taking that same 10-year coaching plan and trying to apply it to their business um, when they should be thinking about what's some of the new stuff I should be applying to my business to bring in new business that I'm not used to bringing in and, and working that through to, to completion. So I think those are things to think about. But uh, I, I do see um, I, the iBuying side as being something we do have to watch. You know, if, if Zillow is willing to lose money on every home that they buy, then, you know, that means that they're, that they will truly, you know, create disruption. I think they would ultimately take the market share on the iBuying side. Um, but I don't know how long their income statement and balance sheet will allow that to, to take place. Uh, at some point, they get to a certain market share of whatever's going on and a certain number of leads that eventually they have to actually go back to actually wanting to monetize that business, in which case the real estate agent uh, on a long-term basis will still net the consumer more on every transaction if it's, if it's properly marketed or it's, I like to call a fully marketed listing. Um, but right now, you know, Zillow is willing to buy that market and they, you know, they raised a billion dollars here recently. They'll probably have to raise another few billion to continue to do what they're doing to actually do it at some sort of semblance of scale but that's against a multi-trillion-dollar-a-year industry. So even if they raise twenty billion dollars, which would be an incredibly large amount of money to raise, they would still only be a small fraction of the entire marketplace. So, um, so, so I think that you know, just just being aware, paying attention, and then continuing to to look at you know what are you doing, how are you adding value to your clients. Uh, and then what's your franchisable service model that you're, you're providing that nobody else provides? Uh, I think those are the things you just continue to focus on. 
That's fantastic advice. Thank you. Um, all right. So before we wrap up, any, any last thoughts or maybe questions I should have asked you that I didn't, uh, anything maybe you want, you'd like to share um, that uh, we haven't had the chance to uh, get to yet? Yeah. Um, well, you know, we're, 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 we're excited about a number of different things. I mean, if it, I don't want to be, I'll, I'll toot our horn a little bit. I'm uh, really, uh, really excited about the fact that we just, you know, we raised, we uh, just came out with our own uh, agent healthcare initiative. Um, and uh, I know a number of people, uh, there's three states that we can't do it in, like I think Washington, uh, Alaska, and uh, I think it's Vermont, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, there's three states that, that don't allow the way that we approached it. But for those who are, um, who can take advantage of it, it's a huge savings over the, the over yeah. traditional healthcare. Um, so super, super stoked that we were able to do that. Um, you know, we're, we just rolled out obviously um, our um, express offers platform. Uh, and so that's in a, a number of uh, small number of markets, but it's pretty cool because we're actually allowing anybody who's a actual legitimate buyer of, of typically 25 to 50 properties a year or more be able to plug in and actually be a bidder through that type of platform. So it does uh, you know, provide a platform for consumers to get closer to market value. Um, and, but it's also a great lead generation tool for agents. So, you know, if once we're, we've got, you know, the, the requisite number of buyers in say Arizona on the platform, I'm not sure where we are in Phoenix, uh, but I know it's coming because it's a huge eye buying market. Um, you'll be able to actually have a widget right embedded on your site that can uh, generate um, additional um, uh, leads that are listing leads, uh, as well as uh, as true uh, iBuyer uh, scenarios, uh, and and not have those folks end up in somebody else's ecosystem. So um, pretty pretty excited about that. Um, what else? Um, well, there's a lot of other things that that we're working on, but uh, you know, I think just uh, all in all. It's, uh, it's 2020 is going to be a good year. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, Glenn, I, I want to, again, just say thank you. Um, I appreciate you on multiple levels. Uh, first of all, as the host of this podcast, um, thank you for coming out and sharing with us and, and just kind of talking with us about Ron, your story and, and what's going on and, and uh, in the industry and, and EXP and, and all of that. So I just want to say thank you, but also as an agent in the company that you started, I, I got to tell you, I couldn't be happier. Um, I couldn't be a prouder member of a company. And so I just want to say thank you so much for, for what you do, man. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Hey, thanks a lot, uh, Glenn. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great one. Okay. You too. Talk All to right. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor. If you enjoy this, go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at, leave us a review, share this episode with your friends. And for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups, next level agents. See you soon.